Good morning, Black family. Sadat coming at you with only two and a half hours worth of sleep. Maybe I should have took that damn sleeping pill after all. That brother Phil up here, he, uh, he's going to tell us about how shitty these Democrats are, which I've already known that for quite a long time. Now, I put the remote control somewhere. Now, I can't find this motherfucker. This about a bitch. Shit. Oh, here. It's on the floor. Ugh. This is about, uh, it's about 30 minutes. Tonight on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Eric Adams is speaking a different tune than he were exactly a year ago. Now we know that Governor Abbott here in Texas has been sending migrants from across the border in our state. We have been flooded with migrants. We are one of the first states they come to. All our tax dollars and resources as Texans have been going to this issue. And when people like Eric Adams and many others saying that there are cities of sanctuary cities, Governor Abbott has said, well, you know what? This is good because since there are sanctuary cities, we can give them some of these people so they won't take Texas resources. But I want you to hear exactly what Eric Adams said about a year ago about what he's gonna what he feel about New York City and all that with the sanctuary. Let's play roll that. You you pledged uh, during your campaign to uh, keep New York City a sanctuary a city. Are you any concerned that that, that policy uh, is is is, for, is attracting more people to the border, more people to cross the border to make that danger occur? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, the city has always been a sanctuary city, and we've always managed those who wanted to come to uh, New York City to pursue the American. So you clearly heard him say about a year ago that New York City is a sanctuary city. He's going to continue that policy of New York being a sanctuary city. He did not say, you know what, let me talk to the people. Let me get their input. Let me have some town halls all over uh, the different boroughs of New York and see what the people say about their resources going to people who didn't even work and contribute to the tax base of New York City. He didn't do any of that. He wanted to keep a Democrat policy because you have to understand, if you vote for Democrat, you better believe you're voting for that policy. You may not like the Republicans, but the Republicans is not pushing that. And as a Texas resident, I'm good with that for Republicans. I support Republicans all day long when it comes to immigration and the border. Because in our state of Texas, everybody tries to flood this state on top of people who's coming over here to this state as citizens, right? We've been having a mass influx of people in the state of Texas. And we've also been having a lot of illegal immigrants coming to this state too, right? 
But at least the people who are coming to the state who are citizens, they're paying their taxes. They're doing what they're supposed to do. So that's no issue and no problem for me. Now, I want you to hear what Eric Adams said just recently in New York about all the migrants coming to New York City. That's less on a one-year mate. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an end to. I don't see an end to this. I don't see an end to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. Well, he wasn't saying that about a year ago, was he? He said it's going to destroy New York. And I've been seeing the video, and I I agree with Mayor Adams. I totally agree. Even when I went to New York the last time, that city has went down, y'all. Even in Times Square area. It, I mean, these people are just about everywhere. You got homeless uh, people. It's, it's went down a lot. So, yeah, I, I agree with Mayor Adams on that. One time we were just getting Venezuela. Now we get Ecuador. Now we get Russian speaking coming through Mexico. Now we get uh, Western Africa. Now we get people from all over the globe that made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. Everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We have a 12 billion dollar deficit that we're going to have to cut every service in this city is going to be impacted and that's not fair to new york at all and you know of course we speak more to the black community that's not fair to black uh, people in new york that's not fair they already suffering in new york as it is we all jacking all the prices up gentrifying all our people out of areas they saying that even in places that used to be a quote-unquote low-income areas are they're paying eighteen hundred dollars a month for those areas so you got the gentrification and those people running around even committing crimes as we have seen and shown on the african diaspora news channel all of us and so i say to you as i turn it over to you this is some some of the most educated most knowledgeable people in the world that are You see, 
when you black politicians take on the mantra of the Democrats, and then you have to deal with the brunt of the mantra of the Democrats, talking about immigration, illegal immigration, and sanctuary cities, look what's happening to Mary Adams. Biden is not supporting him at all. He's not getting no federal uh, help, no federal funds, anything. He keeps screaming about he needs federal funds. He's saying the, telling the governor, uh, Governor Hopeful in New York, hey, what's going on? But the moment he say, okay, I'm going to start sending these people out of New York, they're they going to go to other places. All of a sudden, now he wants to complain it on me. So, so, so they, the New York City, which is not fair, they got to take on the brunt of these people. And let's call it what it is. This is not your doctors and lawyers are coming over here. This isn't your uh, skill uh, trades that's coming over here. These are people that even in their homeland, they, they was just basically basic labor, right? So you couldn't even say that these are your higher quality people, you know, in the area of skills, I'm going to say skills, coming in. And they're coming in, they're even entitled when they get here. They're committing crime that's been shown. They're attacking people. They're stealing. They're doing all kinds of things in New York City. But if you say something about it, you're xenophobic. Now they're calling Mayor Adams xenophobic for that video. But nobody is giving no money to New York City to help Mayor Adams in this issue and problem. Brandon Johnson out in Chicago, as you know, I went to Chicago um, last month and did a, a series of interviews out there in Chicago. And they spent, you know, from what I was told then, $76 million of taxpayer money for illegal immigrants in Chicago. When you have a homeless population, mostly of black Americans, in that city. The interesting part is that Brandon Johnson is so much of a lackey for the Democrats, he actually trying to make comments about what Mayor Adams is saying, and he got the same issue and problem. Tyrone Muhammad said that these immigrants that's coming in here are actually being starting now being recruited for gangs, and now they're getting involved with criminality in Chicago. And you still cool with them coming in there? When we talk about you get what you vote for, this is what we're talking about here. Nothing about what the Democrats are pushing. How does that benefit black people in Chicago? How does that benefit black people in New York? Or anybody in New York or Chicago, not just black people, but you know, us, we focus on what we focus on, we stay in our lane. How does that benefit black people in Los Angeles? How does that benefit black people in Washington, D.C.? How does that benefit you? See, these Democrat cities and these Democrat policies is hurting black folk on top of everything else. So they don't give us anything as a community, and they're dumping people from the third world, let's call it what it is, into our communities, into everybody else's communities, and it's supposed to be our problem. See, let me liken it to like this. What if I told you that you got to take some people from wherever they come from, and these five people got to go live in your house, and they don't come in with no job, no resources, and they in your house, and they got to stay there in your house. 
All of you who listen to me will be angry if they had to go live in your house. You'll be pissed off. You'll be mad at that contributing to the house, but they eat up all your food. They 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 cutting all the lights on. They they're they're doing wear and tear in your house. Then they then they have an a, a arrogant attitude demanding you feed them in your house. Grown people bringing their cheering and everything in your house. You will be pissed off and want them thrown out. But what if the government say you can't throw them out? If you throw them out, we're going to put you in jail. So now you got people in your house and you can't do nothing about it. You got to be spending all your resources on grown people or children that's not even belong in your household. None of you would put up with that. And surely these Democrat politicians wouldn't put up with it either. See, Joe Biden wouldn't have these people in his house with his wife in, in, in Delaware, would he? Kamala, what about the head of the DNC, uh, Jamie Harrison? Would he have him in his house? See, none of these politicians that's pushing that mess is not going to deal with the issue because they're in their gated communities. They're in Martha's Vineyard. Understand what I'm saying? They, they're enjoying themselves. They are there in Lake Tahoe somewhere, just, just having a vacation. They don't have to deal with these issues and problems, but the issue and the problem is going to be you. And I noticed it's interesting how these black mayors is getting the brunt of it. I know you have you always notice how the black mayor is always gonna get the brunt of the problem. And where's the Democrats? The Democrats are not assisting these black mayors at all. This is why I don't understand you black folks who are Democrats. They use and abuse you, and you still hold on to that freaking party. And then your only comeback is, well, at least they not like Trump. At least they not like the Republicans. Um, Trump wouldn't have dumped all the people in, in your freaking uh, uh, city. See, if Trump was in office, you know good and well. You better call Trump and say, hey, get them out of here. And Trump would be like, okay, I'm getting them all out. You know good and well he would have did that. I told y'all before, I know someone personally who worked on that border. And I asked them, I say, what president had the border more secure? Is it Trump or was it Biden? Because I wanted to know. And he said, when Trump was in office, it was actually more uniform. They were staying in Mexico. They had to stay in Mexico policy. And they wasn't crossing over here like that. He said, but the moment Biden got elected and got into office, it's like the floodgates went over. And they just, he said, they come in and drove every day, wearing out our border personnel. Every day. But all these resources go to, to people who are not even citizens. But when black Americans are saying, hey, we need resources, like I went to Chicago. They, they're trying to, you know, not do nothing for the schools or moving principles and, and not giving resources to the black community in these same Democrat cities. But we don't supposed to say anything about that because if we say something about it, oh, you must be MAGA. You must support MAGA. And all why every time when we talk about the Democrats and what they do to black people, we got to be MAGA. And, and even if somebody did support Trump, so what? What are you going to do about it? That's a, that's a dumb thing I always got to tell you. What are you going to do about it? If, if somebody supports Trump. Now, stop letting these silly black folks make y'all afraid to, to actually uh, think about your family, yourself, 
your actual community. Because there's no way I can support the Democrat Party with having this open border policy. And this is what they agree with, open borders. You see a Democrat mayor right now saying that his city is about to be destroyed by their policies. And yet, where y'all at on that, Democrats? Why y'all not helping that man? This is y'all policy right here, sanctuary cities. But at the same time, Eric Adams, I don't feel sorry for you in another sense because if you really meant what you were saying, you would get up on TV and say, hey, sanctuary city status is done. This is not a sanctuary city. No more. Because we got enough with our own people here. We can't take on no more. We're not a sanctuary city. As a matter of fact, I'm about to get on the phone and, and tell uh, 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 ICE to come on over here and get them on out of the city. Get them on. They got to go. They can't be here. And I guarantee you, if he said that, they'll leave on their own out of New York City. They wouldn't have to come pick them up. This is what happens when you follow Democrat policy. And see, it's all good talking about Democrat policies until it comes to your neighborhood. And then black folks are going to be complaining like they were complaining in Chicago. We as black people have to look at every policy that the Democrats are pushing. And they're not pushing no policies to protect black people, to help fund black people, or anything. Even after Jacksonville, they're not, they have not mentioned one word about any kind of laws they want to throw on the books to protect black America. Not a one. What your vice president is doing, she out there cutting the jeans. That's what she's doing right now. She's hanging out with black folk and, and, and cutting the jig, but she's not mentioning anything about protecting black people. When did she go to New York City and go talk to Mayor Adams and say, hey, you know, we got to fix this issue and problem? No, because that's their policy. Look, their, their, their mindset is this. We know the black community is getting tired of us because we're not going to give them anything. We just not. We're white supremacists. We're not doing that. And so every day the jig is is, 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 is is up with them. So their mindset is, let's flood America with people from a third world. And we're gonna, we want to get them to vote. And because we can get them, to, we can get them some sort of registered to vote. Because look, look at what they're doing in a lot of these Democrat states. Some of them now can be cops. They're not even citizens, they can be cops. They can be first responders, and they're not even citizens. I mean, Illinois has just done that. Well, now you got people who are not even citizens of the United States can be police officers. How is it that you're going to be law enforcement and you're a freaking lawbreaker? Well, hell, you might well any criminal in, in, in the county jail become a cop now. You might as well. Because, oh, that's a shortage. Well, why is it a shortage for police officers? Because the people are not putting up with some freaking thugs in a bag. So so they so a lot of these, these cops that feel like, well, I can't go out there and just beat people up no more. I can't go shoot people 17 times without it, it being an uprising. So I don't want nothing to do with that no more. The job not fun no more. Right? So you're like, okay, fine. I'm gonna use these people and see the strategy. I told you the strategy was this. Let's use non-white people to enact white supremacy. So if they beat somebody else, you can't say, 
hey, it's white supremacy. Hey, they were hippies. So they wasn't, they wasn't white. Oh, hey, they were Hispanic. They wasn't white. They were black like you. Like, um, <laughs> this dude from Brazil. No, he's black. So, so it can't be white supremacy. That that's that is the uh, uh the, the the stage they're working on, using non-white people in all these types of positions of power to enact white supremacy to neutralize Black America from saying the terms white supremacy from coming at it like that, and so white supremacy can absolve itself while they're using these other people. This is why they got to import people from the third world to do it because these people come over here. Some of them only made two or three dollars a day. They give them a job making eight dollars, nine dollars. But shoot, they feel like they need they made hit the lottery, right? So hell yeah, we'll be loyal to white supremacy. That's why they do it, folks. And they know that's not gonna work with you as black America. They know this. So this is their sinister plan and why the Democrats are flooding America like this. The Democrats know what they're doing to these cities. They know what they're doing to you, but they don't care. You understand? This is all in their wicked plan to try to maintain white supremacy through non-white people. But, there's a but to this. That that particular plan is going to fail. Because these non-white people aren't white. Even though they will be on the team, they're going to have people defect constantly because they're going to kind of see some things and they're going to want power for themselves, those groups. They're like, why we got people holding to them? Shoot, we, we got the numbers now. We don't need these people. And that's what's going to end up happening in the end. These people are going to be like, we're going to run a yard then. You're not going to look at them. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying? This, this, is, this is a strategy of um, desperation they're using, basically. Because they know they don't really have the numbers like that. No matter how much they fudge the white numbers, they don't have the numbers. Becky isn't having children like that. This is why when you seen them try to get rid of uh, abortion, Roe v. Wade, it was to force Becky to have children. This is why a lot of states are now starting to look at clamping down on no-fault divorce. Because if they're tired of Becky uh, having the ability to get rid of her husband. They have nothing to do with nobody else. They all go back to them controlling Becky and making Becky stay with them. You understand what I'm saying? It goes all the way back to that. This is why they're, even though I agree with this, they're trying to get rid of things like permanent alimony because they don't want white men feeling like, well, I don't want to get married to these women because, you know what I'm saying? I'm losing out too much. So what they're going to start doing is taking away all those uh, weaponizations of ending marriage and, and go back to making marriage where, you know, it's better for me to stay married than for me to get out of and I'm getting a bag out of it. Because all this is to incentivize Becky to start having children. Listen, in Russia, they were paying white women in Russia to have children. Paying them. They would have did it here, but this is the problem. They can't just say, well, we want to pay white women to have children. They can't do that. But they'll have to pay everybody. And they surely don't want a bunch of black children in here, right? So that strategy don't work for them here. So that's why I say, well, that's what I'm going to uh, uh, The majority of people going to come from Latin America. You look at West Africa. The majority of people, if you look at the, the who's coming in, are coming from Latin America, but particularly from Venezuela, Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, 
some definitely from Mexico, in certain countries, even in the African continent. Not everybody's coming over here. The majority of people who's coming over here, based off of what the numbers say, is uh, Nigerians, uh, some Ghanaians, uh, Ethiopians, Somalis, Eritreans, people like that. You don't have, you know, a bunch of a flood of Kenyans or a bunch of South Africans or a bunch of people from Botswana and Namibia coming over here. In certain countries that these people come through because they can say, oh, well, I got war in my country and oh, it's hard over here. Now, Ghana don't have a war like that, but what they do is pick a place like Ghana where they try to take the, the, the best of the best, the best minds to try to bring them over here. That's what they try to do. Put them in HBCU or put them in uh, MIT, Harvard, Yale, or whatever. You know, put them underneath a black, but yet they don't want a black American. You understand what I'm saying? It's all a game. It's like it's like it's not hard to see the the, the playbook, especially when you talk to people who are uh, uh, in in the motherland or uh, and, and talk to black immigrants. So you got to talk to everybody, and that's what that's how I do. Because you don't won't understand white supremacy if you don't talk to everybody and understand what the strategy is and how it's moving and where we even stand as black Americans. Now, you may say, well, what can we do as black Americans? But what we can do is, number one, unify with our community. And that's going to start locally. First of all, it's going to start personally in your personal family. If you unify with your wife, your husband, your children, create something. You get to the point you can hire your own children, hire your family, get with other family members, Get with friends that's from the family that think the same. And then that's how things are grown to start a mass unification of something. It doesn't, you don't wake up one day and everybody's unified on something. It takes up drastic for that, like a George Floyd, right? That's not going to happen every day. But you say we got to unify and work together as a cohesive group because we're on our own. We have to remember what Dr. John Henry Clark said we have no friends. But since we have no friends nowhere, we need to work with each other. Either you unify or you nearly die. That's really what it is. I've said that many times, and it's the truth. It's not vote or die, it's unify or die. Now, some people be fine. Some people have the mindset, you know, like say, I have the mindset. I, I'm working with my personal family. I'm working with my children. Two of my children work for me. And, that, and, that, and I'm proud to say that I have two of my daughters on the paper. Working to help with this platform. And if any of my children need a job, say, Dad, I need a job. Okay, I'm about to make the job for you. And you got to do your job. Why fire you behind? It's just that simple. I will fire you. I told them all that. Don't think this be my children. I'm going to let you just get away with BS. I'm actually be hard on you than anybody else. I expect more out of you. You understand? So we need to work with each other. Build things up. We can't like the Asians. See, Asians, even though they got a, a, a footing, definitely a lot better than black people. But they have, the Asians focus on their economy. They focus on working together as a people. You know what the Asians do? They 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 from what I was uh, uh, told how they move is that they get families together and they have a pool. So let's say like this particular person wants to open up a nail shop, and it's gonna cost let's say $100,000 to get this nail shop open, right? And because they just pull the people. 
but everybody is going to contribute ten thousand dollars to put in for this one to get the nail shop, right? So they they contribute. Now they they put they put their money in the pool and get it done. And when the next person want to open up a dry cleaner, the next person want to open up a restaurant, the next person want to open up um, a massage parlor, they all putting in to get this open. Well. Instead of saying, oh, you know, instead of stopping the excuses, well, we have too many excuses to black people. Well, they got money like that. Them people, if you study their history, they ain't come over here with a lot of money like that. No, every group, even Hispanics, moving like that, working with each other. You see Arabs, Indians, everybody working with each other. If you look at black folks, you the flyest you buy them. Every Jordan that come out is on your feet. You got rings, watches, you're driving Mercedes, Lexus, uh, everything you got on. Some of you wear, some of you talking about fit check and all that stuff you're doing. All that money you're wasting, you could be putting together and, and, and creating something. Even when people talk about travel, well, these, these white people, I think it was annoying the other day about that, that comment. Well, white people got more money to travel. Now, actually, what you're wearing on your body, that one outfit is a round trip ticket internationally. You know, you can do a kind of, you can go to Google Flights and Google Flights uh, show you an inexpensive ticket all the way up to expensive tickets. So don't tell me you don't have $800 or $900 to travel when I'm looking at you wearing $2,000 on your body. Your purse costs more than that. Your car notes, some of y'all, uh, it costs more than $900 a month. Some of you. So what are you talking about? No, no, we got to get ourselves in order as a community because you as time going along you ain't made the all right we got the prepper so let's see what he's about to say all right are you freaking as serious right now the irs has said that they are deploying artificial intelligence to catch tax evaders across the United States of America. This is absolutely irresponsible by our government to be chasing the lower 90% and purposefully and willfully and right out in the open in the worst corruption that we have ever seen, letting the people in the top 1% get away with everything in this world. North Korea is ready to, North Korea is ready to conclude an agreement on the supply of weapons to the country of Russia, according to the Financial Times. Pyongyang will be offering ammunition, rocket launchers, short and long range ballistic missiles, and all of this, they say, will help Russia repel a Ukrainian counteroffensive. Now, publications out there are right now saying that if North Korea does provide Russia with any sort of ammunition with short range or long range missiles, we are going to see a regime change inside of North Korea. Now for anybody who isn't used to the American idea of a regime change, that means for some reason, the public will get behind the US administration and all of NATO most likely moving against North Korea. We will see this come to term. The Romanian and the U.S. navies are conducting joint exercises, one called Sea Breeze 23 in the Black Sea. Military personnel from Bulgaria, Great Britain, France, Turkey, and Ukraine are taking part in this exercise. 
It will be launching from the 11th to the 15th. And isn't it interesting that we have a September 11th exercise starting off here. And what we see now is a new direction in this conflict. Russia already said that this is a grave mistake by NATO. They've warned that any coming together against Russia, especially in a direction from these other nations like France or like uh, Turkey, like Bulgaria, Great Britain, this is being seen as a huge escalation in this war. The Biden administration right now in the USA is sending or preparing to send Ukraine long-range army tactical missile systems. This will help them fight against Russia in a takeover of that nation. They are coming, said one official who has access to security plans. The official noted that, as always, these plans are subject to change until they are announced by the administration. But another official, speaking on a condition of anonymity, said that the missiles are on the way. Another said they're on the table, likely to be included in the upcoming security package, and they've added that the final decision will be released to the public when it is to them. It could be months before Ukraine receives these missile systems. In July, you'll remember that the National Security Advisor said that the U.S. would take the risk, but they implied that sending these weapons would lead to a direct war between the USA and Russia. They say there are certain capabilities that the president has that he is provide, uh, prepared to provide Ukraine with these capabilities to escalate this fight. One of them is the long-range missile systems that have a range of 300 kilometers. The U.S. believes that the, there are key goals of the United States to help Ukraine defeat Russia. They say that the circumstances that we are heading toward a world war cannot be ignored. And the Aspen Security Forum recently saw the uh, direction of what we're heading to. And they have said that, look, we are ready for war. Just a year later, at the exact same event, Sullivan said that there's less definitive movement against Russia. He has spoken with the president of the USA and Zelensky of Ukraine. They said they continue to have near daily and weekly conversations. When pressed on the matter, they said that no firm decisions have been made, but they will send these missile systems to Ukraine if necessary. As the president said, Kirby added, they're not off the table. We have a high viability of these weapons types, and they say that the range of these systems will be a game changer. Now, we are recently providing new rocket systems and multiple launch rocket systems to Ukraine, and Russia has right out in the open said, if you do this, you're crossing another red line. Now, in the USA, 70% of Americans say that they are stressed about their personal finances, 52% say that their financial stress is increasing month after month. 21% said that they rely solely on social security and other means for their sole income. Now, if you look back just a couple of years, it was only 13%. So you can really see how the USA is turning into a third world country every single quarter. The country of Romania is creating a network of bomb shelters. We're also creating a network of air threat warning systems to protect the population. In each area that borders the uh, south of the Odessa region, the Romanian authorities are creating bomb shelters and systems to alert the population of air threats. This decision was made by the National Committee, uh, Committee in the country for emergency situations. 
Now I'm going to ask you, what's the USA doing? Nothing. Not a damn thing. They're telling you it's fine while they are arming up against the largest land war in Europe since World War II. We have men fighting in ditches. We have them lobbing grenades at each other. We have them taking each other hostage. We have them shooting as they run. We have tanks being exploded. We have rockets being shot. We have planes being taken out of the air. We have drones being launched and drones being down. And here in America, people act like nothing is wrong. Just on Wednesday, the Romanian ministry confirmed that debris from Russian drones in an attack against Ukraine have landed in the Romanian territory. Now, previously, we had officials in Bucharest deny this. The NATO Security General or Secretary General said that there is evidence that this has happened. And then after withdrawing from the grain deal, Russia has been attacking port infrastructure and targets that are near the region. Some of them are located in the south of Odessa, right near the Romanian border. Now, NATO says that they will stand together, stand strong with Romania. The USA has said that they will support Romania in a war against Russia. They have said they will support Poland in a war against Russia, support Germany, and France is standing behind us too. The real danger here is that when you have so much forward motion, the taste for blood doesn't get out of the mouths of men. And so what they're going to do is they're going to want Russian territory. They're going to want their access to oil. They're going to want their ports, want their grain, want their everything. And that taste and thirst for blood will not be quenched unless some sort of financial transaction takes place that gives the people that are bloodthirsty a quenching or unless they lose. Russia is prepared to risk it all in this war. And they've said that the entire world will see nuclear war and nuclear fallout if NATO comes against them and if the security of Russia is threatened. Let me tell you that right now, every official inside of Russia believes that the security of Russia is threatened. They believe that the so-called territorial integrity is threatened. And it was warred against, it was, that red line was crossed as soon as the Ukrainian helicopters flew inside of Russian territory to light those oil depots on fire. That was months and months and months ago. Now we have drones being launched from inside of Russia against Moscow. Could you imagine if New York City was under attack by drones? What about Miami, Florida under attack by drones? What about California under attack by drones? Launched from within the country. Could you imagine the amount of fear that would be driving the American people to say, nuke whoever is doing this? Well, that's the same sentiment that the Russian people are feeling right now. And we see a lot of them speaking out and saying it's time to be done with this. Now, Russia has a lot more, uh, I, I guess, integrity in their calls for action than the American people. Russia has said, nuke them, take them out, drive them to biological war, send the chemical weapons, and do whatever. Now, this is where it gets scary, because at the beginning of this broadcast, we talked about North Korea working closely together with Russia. And in that cooperation, in that agreement, you can bet that Russia is going to hand over to North Korea, there's a high likelihood of this, that Russia will hand over to North Korea some tools that North Korea can use against South Korea, Japan, the Philippines, and the United States of America. Now, what if we see Russia give Iran, we see Russia give 
North Korea <laughs> the tools that they need to spread a disease or to launch some sort of radioactive device, even an EMP that changes our world forever. Are you prepared for that? An EMP that turns your lights off, are you prepared <laughs> for that? Now, no one can be fully, fully prepared because let's face it, we don't have 60 years worth of supply chains working on our own. They've ruined us with globalization and other tools that have made them more wealthy. What we do have is some hindsight and some foresight. We can look at what has happened in the past and we can look how to prepare for the future. Having things like a uh, bat, you know, a solar generator. They're not really generators per se. They're a solar powered battery system that you can use with an inverter that'll keep your communications systems up. And some of them are powerful enough to keep your refrigerator running. Others will allow you to uh, keep the lights on so the kids aren't afraid at night. There's so many things that we can do to get ready. It starts with your pantry and it ends pretty much never. You just have to keep preparing and you have to find this point in your preparedness that you say, you know what, I think I'm good enough for now. Now, next month, you might see something happen and you might say, well, I guess I'm not good enough. Uh, the month after that, you might see another event and you might say, well, you know what, I need to get some pool shock. Now, this pool shock, we made a survival card for our Patreon members, talks about decan uh, decontamination. Store-bought liquid bleach has a shelf life of one year past its creation date. It could have been on the shelves already for months by the time you get it. Pool shock contains 70% calcium hypochlorite that lasts up to 10 years when stored properly. According to the CDC and non-governmental organization resources, you can mix two heaping tablespoons of this pool shock per gallon of water. You let it sit for 30 minutes and this creates a strong chlorine solution that can disinfect areas. To make a hand washing solution, you have the ingredients on there. And then finally, to uh, make your water safe to drink, we have the recipe on there. Your information that you're building, the skills that you know, and the skills that you learn are what's going to help see you become an old man. I want you to be an old man and an old woman prepper. I want you to can your food or have canned food. I want you to protect yourself or protect other people who are innocent. I want you to be ready, and it starts today. It starts with you knowing what's going on. And that's exactly what we do here at Full Spectrum Survival every single day on YouTube. <clears throat> Please check back tomorrow. More headlines from America and from around the world. From my family to yours, please stay safe and keep watching. Don't like it's gonna be nothing but a shit show. Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. President Joe Biden and leaders of other